2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: How's your week been, Matt Willis? My week has been ugh <laughs> How has my week been? Bloody hell, man. I missed the gym. I can't do any more stupid hit workouts. I just can't do it. I need a gym. Yeah, me too. I'm really... Yeah. God, I'm missing. <laughs> just if they'd open them, I'd
3: definitely oh, be there. <laughs> <out of
1: it. laughs>
3: oh, mate. I woke up this morning and the first thing I said out loud was, oh, thank God it's Thursday. Like this week has just been <laughs> right. I've just been bored. And after yeah. the buzz of having Giovanna on, yeah. I think, you know, it's like a post-holiday lull I had almost from that one because I was so excited about it.
1: Yeah, I feel the same.
3: And then now we're building back up
1: to Amy Hart, which I'm very excited about. She was great. Oh, my God. I loved Amy Hart. Heart. Do you know what? I didn't know that much about her. You told me about it. And I was like, all right, cool. And I checked her out. And she was absolutely fantastic. She was great. Like, just so honest and open, which is what we love on this, right? I love it. I, lo- I love how she's unashamedly her. That's a very good way of putting she's it. Just like, this is me. I love it. I'm like,
3: fantastic. Yeah. So she's got a music confession on the extended Patreon version of this podcast. Yeah. And I went, and as soon as we finished recording, I listened to that music for the
1: rest of the day. Really? Yeah, I did. I really did. I didn't. It made me happy. <laughs> it was actually quite a good fun. I don't want to spoil anything, but this specific thing that she's talking about is something that just takes me back to a very pleasant time in my life so do you know what after this intro man yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm gonna put on one of those songs
3: you should share it with your children as well i think it's something
1: that your children may not have heard before yeah. and i think it would blow their minds do you know what you're right because i keep telling them how much of an amazing time i had at certain places in my youth like haven holidays and butlins and, yeah, places yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. and they're always like can we go it sounds brilliant i'm like it is brilliant no you can't go <laughs> <laughs> Daddy doesn't go to Haven anymore I know, I Daddy
3: and Mummy if they turned up at Haven people would wonder what had happened yeah. <laughs> Imagine that you're at
1: Haven you'd think you're having a fever dream wouldn't you if the Willis's walked in Do you know Busted played a gig at like a Butlins camp back in like 2003 or something. Yeah. We started our arena tour there. Basically, they pay for you to do your like um, pre-production yeah, yeah, yeah. in their arena. They've got a re- an arena in their facility with like 8,000 seats in it. Have they? Wow. And they made it like a busted weekend. So like you checked in, there was like busted themed in Butlins and whatever. Really? I know, it was amazing. And do you know what our dressing room was? Go on a static caravan <laughs> i was like yes amazing i was like boys this is it <laughs> oh my god that's incredible they were so like what is this place they're like what is this like charlie was like so it's like um it's like a chavvy center parks so and i was like well kind of it's got a soho farmhouse vibe yeah, but it's, uh, it's, like, <laughs> it's like Benidorm for people that don't fly i, I loved it and we had this amazing <laughs> gig and then we finished the gig right and then everyone was Leaving straight away to a hotel far away, right? I stayed. I finished the gig and I made my security man stay with me and we partied in like the main like drinking room you know like whatever it was of like the, the, the main hall. When you just played
3: a gig there when we you were like a, a there. god. Yeah it was
1: really stupid of me really.
3: As if if I hadn't just played a gig to 8,000 people I wouldn't go out drinking at the place where I'd done the gig. Like I do gigs <laughs> in front of 40 people and I rock up afterwards like I've just played an arena. Like yeah guys it's, it's me. The guy from the stage literally four feet away in the
1: corner. We as a band made a rule that we would never ever go go out in Cardiff ever, ever again. Why? Because we had what would can only be described as possibly the best night of our lives in <laughs> Cardiff. What happened? It's, it's a legendary night in the Busted world. We were on tour. It was like 2004. I mean, Busted were at the time a pretty big deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we just played like an arena in Cardiff, and like we'd been on tour for like two years, right? Every time when you finish a show, the promoter or, or whoever is the local guy there will say, "Okay, guys, if you want it, there's a table at this place. You know, you can go down there." And I'd obviously want to go there. Yeah, of course. You know, and I'd go there, and it'd just be like, I might as well stay in the hotel bar because it's like just really wanky and like the kind of place I'd probably quite enjoy now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but not back then. Yeah, I was like 19, 20 years old and I just wanted to kind of go and party with young people and Obviously. Have fun. Obviously, you don't want to go and sit in a wanky bar when you're 19. No, I just wanted to go and like let my hair down and have fun. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So our keyboard player, Chris Banks, his brother was there, who was a student in Cardiff at the time. Yeah. And we were like, dude, where do you go? Like, where do you go? And he was like, we go to... Oh my God, it's funny. I can't remember the name. Creation. That's it. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get a creation on a, on a Thursday night because it's a student night and it's a pound of drink, but you're not going to want to go there. I was like, that's exactly where I want to go. Exactly <laughs> where I want to go. Amazing. So literally we came out of the arena. We quickly got changed. We got into our, our uh, car and we drove up to the doors and our security guy, a guy called Barry Knight at the time, went up to the front door and went, guys, um, I've got busted in the car. Can they come in? And they were like, uh, and they radioed in and they got us this like area, basically, which was like at the top of like the stairs overlooking the dance floor, which wasn't an area. They just kind of put like some tables across it to separate it. <laughs> and we went in there, right? And then the DJ, literally over the mic, as soon as we were walking up the stairs, because we were walking up the stairs trying to be discreet. Yeah. As soon as he walked up the stairs, went, ladies and gentlemen, busted her in the house, played Every 3000 right? The place went fucking mad. <laughs> And then suddenly we got to kind of the top of the stairs, just got into the area as we saw this swarm of people running up the stairs. Like literally there was like hundreds of people running towards oh us. Oh, my God. It ended up being quite the area in there. Oh, my God, amazing. It was just one of those nights that just was so much fun. Like like someone that was in there literally jumped off the banister overlooking the crowd, into the crowd yeah. from like way high up. Yeah, And I was like, I'm going to do that. And I remember just Barry grabbing me by my belt Going, no, pulling me down That could have been so bad Those were great stories Now, as a special treat in today's
3: episode You can hear a listener confession judged by us And our guest, Amy Hart Which happens most weeks On the extended Patreon version of this podcast That's going to happen at around half time So if you enjoy it You can get more of that on our Patreon Along with a bonus confession from Amy That you can't hear anywhere else And as an extra treat There's something a little bit special at the end of the show. But until then, enjoy Love Islander, Influencer and all-round great guest, Amy
1: Hart. This is When No One's Watching.
3: The podcast where celebrities confess their guilty pleasures. And then we decide
1: whether they're good-bad... Crack on and stop feeling embarrassed about it. Or bad-bad. Go straight to bed, no tea, and think about what you've done.
3: Might be asking why they tell us these things. And it's basically because we are guilty pleasures, aren't we? I'm Matt Richardson, uh, Heat Magazine's weird crush of the year.
1: And I'm Matt Willis from... Busted. Yeah, I know, yeah.
3: Very excited about our guest this week, Matt. I'm going to give you a bit of context about this guest. We've become friends, but... I basically forced my friendship on our next guest. I know the feeling. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm quite yeah, I'm quite an intense person. You know, you may know her from Love Island. Uh, we did a show called Hey Tracy together on ITV Two which was an experience. And I was like, you know what? I like the cut of your jib. So I forced my friendship on her. And now Amy Hart is on the podcast. Hello.
4: Hello. I See, I still maintain that I forced my friendship on you.
3: But also we both like planes. So I think we were sort of quite mutually excited.
1: Are you another plane nerd?
4: I'm not a plane nerd. (laughs) I just worked on them for eight and a half years. Oh,
1: right.
4: So I've got the skills to pay the bills when it comes to being Matt's friend. Absolutely. In that he's got a question I've normally got the answer
1: right okay but
4: not through wanting to know the answer just through like having to know the answer yeah yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so you can actually tell him the truth yeah. about stuff, and you go, "Well, when what you think you're getting, what you're actually getting is, yeah, absolutely." Poor Amy has had many times me go,
3: "How much show on the uh, triple seven two hundreds that BA fly out of catwalk. and She's like, "Oh yeah, go on, I'll answer this one as well." Very patient friend, I'd say. <laughs> what did you do on the airplane,
1: Amy?
4: Well, I was an air hostess for like six years, and then for two and a half years, I was a cab manager, so I was in charge of the whole aircraft. Wow! So like three hundred passengers, the flight crew, like ten crew. So it's so funny that Matt loves planes so much, whereas I used to get on and be like, "This disgusting aircraft,
2: <laughs>
4: <laughs> none of them work." And like, you'd get you'd get like the registration number in the briefing room, and you'd be like, "Brilliant." great, great, I know the IFE system on this one. Great, can't wait to apologise to 300 people, all this. I have, like, less fondness for the 777-200. Fair (laughs) enough.
3: Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Now, how do you feel about confessing these things? Are they things you've talked about before?
4: Um, Yes, I feel like I'm in a safe space, though. Yes, you are. when I normally bring these things up, People think I'm really weird and people are like, okay, cool. So I feel like I'm in a safe space where I can talk about these things. Yeah,
3: you are. You you are are in a safe space. Obviously, we will judge them if they're, you know, good, bad or bad, bad. But look, we've had a lot of
1: grim stuff on here. I think you're going to be safe. I can honestly say whatever you're going to say won't be the worst we've had.
4: (laughs) So Matt texted me and said, we do this podcast. Should I come on? I said, yeah, lovely. So then I went and listened to them all. (laughs) Amazing. So I know them all. And
3: you're still here.
4: And I'm still here.
3: Amazing. Well, you know what? Let's kick off. Can we have your first confession, please?
4: So my first confession is I am like probably unhealthily obsessed with Jill and Joe Biden. When the election was on, I stayed up all night watching it. And I was thinking, oh, bless Joe Biden. He's so old. He's waited his whole life (laughs) to do this. And I love an underdog. And then obviously he ended up winning. So then I spent my November lockdown listening to every podcast him or Jill have ever done. I bought Jill's book on Audible and listened to that the whole way through. I've literally completed Biden YouTube in that I've watched (laughs) pretty much every interview they've ever done and I am literally when people are like oh he's so weird he touches people I'm like do you know why he touches people it's because when his wife died his kids thought that he was going to die too so we used to touch them all the time to like reassure them they were there <laughs> and I get really angry about it Fair I'm enough. Like, how dare you
1: wow you really do yeah so Jill's his wife right yes
4: Jill's his wife okay. she's an educator she's teacher for English people
3: that's
1: what he calls her educator yeah
3: yeah, yeah. I'm going to say this like, I quite like American politics I've read about 10 books on Donald Trump because he's an awful man but an interesting character how however, Jill and Joe Biden seem a bit bland. Is that right or is it not? Um,
4: No, I think like they're just right are good people that, that you'd want them to be your nan and grandad. Okay. Like, I want them to be my nan and grandad. Like, I love my nan and grandad. <laughs> if I could have an American nan and grandad like it'd be them. Because okay. <laughs> like, they just seem really cool and like all their family traditions are really cool like, but they're very set in their family traditions but you can't really break into them.
1: What are their family traditions? Tell me some.
4: Stuff like they go to Nantucket every Thanksgiving. The kids have to read catalogues in the car to write their Christmas list. Now I can't even look at my phone in a car so I feel like I probably wouldn't fit into the family no right they take their grandchildren everywhere with them like they all have their sort of set places so like when they do any like Chinese trips and stuff they take their eldest granddaughter and they sort of include everyone in everything oh
3: that's nice
4: yeah but I just love them and I think like he's really famous for like loving like ice cream and they just they just seem like a really normal family and I love that But you say about like Trump and stuff. I was watching CNN and they said to the person about how Donald Trump is a narcissist. And this woman said, yes, he is. But so is Obama and so is Joe Biden. And so is Bill Clinton. And so is George Bush. To think that you are good enough to hold the most powerful position in the world, you have to be a narcissist.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely. That's true, right? Yeah. It's a fucking dumb job. If you think about it, like one guy, one person has that job. That's a crazy job. Who wants that job? But also, running for election, you put yourself forward. You are going.
3: I am going to run to be president. And you think, why? Why are you? Why are you? Actually, it's a good point because you think, why are you? Why should companies and people give you millions of dollars to be president? Yeah, it is crazy. I listened to Jill's
4: book, and it was written before he decided to run this time. Okay, and it was when he decided not to run last time. And she was talking about how like they'd accepted the fact they were never going to be president and first lady, and how upset Joe was that he was never going to be president. But like he'd decided that you know what, what was best for their family is that he. didn't go for it. So then, obviously, I was listening to it once he'd been declared president-elect. And I was like, oh, my God, guys, you don't even know that you are president (laughs) (laughs) get really emotional.
3: (laughs) You know, I I think he's quite like, obviously, like you say, he is... Old. Yeah. He's the oldest person How to How old end. is he? 78.
1: 78? Yeah. He's 78 yeah, years old yeah, yeah. and he has a job, let alone the fucking <laughs> biggest job in the world. Yeah. Like, who's fucking employing 78-year-old men in any other job? I don't know. Yeah. Like, you can't get a job in Tesco if you're 78. <laughs> <laughs> you can fucking be the... <laughs> President of a fucking... You got fucking nuclear codes? Yeah. What? Yeah.
3: That's crazy. My granddad can't even use the remote
1: control and you give
3: him a fucking nuclear button.
4: <laughs> I mean, I still think it's weird that they let Donald Trump have the nuclear codes going on that plane to leave. Can you imagine if he just been like, do you know what? Take this. <laughs> yeah, it's,
3: it's a funny, it's a weird one because uh, Donald Trump was the oldest before that. He's, what, 74 or something? Yeah. Oh, was he right? Yeah, he's a bit old. Like And, like, he seems very nice, Joe Biden, but, you know, he is quite gaff-prone because of his age. Yeah, Like, even recently, he fell up the stairs of Air Force One and yeah. everyone on the right in America is going, oh, he's not fit to be president, rah, rah, rah. But, yeah, he seems like quite a nice, charming... Guy,
4: yeah, he's like a granddad. That's the thing. Like, my granddad flirts with the waitresses in restaurants and stuff, and I think. Like, they, they are like the American Pam and Mick from <laughs> Gavin and Stacey is how,
1: yeah.
4: I, how I see them. It's just the way... He used to have a stutter. That's the other thing. I go to people when they slag him off for, like, like stuttering. And so I'm like, it's because he actually had a stutter and now you are a bully and that's really
2: wrong.
4: Cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I've suddenly become, like, the president of the Biden fan club in the UK branch.
3: What I love is that he has the entire secret service to protect him, but, like, you're doing your bit as well. Yeah, yeah. you are. I love that you're on this little PR campaign for the Bidens and go, actually, you don't understand.
4: Actually, you're actually really out of order. They're just a really nice family and I want them to be my nan and granddad. So
1: he was the right man for the job in your opinion, right?
4: Oh, 100%. Because I also think as well, people like Donald Trump, like, He obviously is like a billionaire or was, who knows if he is, I don't know, but allegedly a billionaire. Like, how does he know about the average working American? Joe Biden and his wife lived on a normal wage for many, many years. Like when their son was dying of cancer, they couldn't afford the medical bills and President Obama was going to pay the medical bills. But then Hunter, slightly dodgy son, managed to get the money. Don't know where from.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hunter's the rogue, isn't he in the family? Yeah. I, I don't imagine you're such a fan of Hunter because he's the one that caused all the problems, you know. With this, is he
1: the one that Donald Trump called out? Yeah, yeah. he kind of yeah. lives
3: in LA. He's like got he's a, he's got a kid that he doesn't see much of. He's been in and out of rehab. Like he's, if you're running for public life, like there's a lot of fodder with Hunter Biden, yeah, right? Because
4: the one that I found out that wasn't on any YouTube videos or any podcasts, shockingly, was he. He dated his dead brother's wife What? After the brother had died. What the fuck? You know what happens with like the best friend and like the widowed or widower spouse?
3: Always happens, doesn't it? Always happens. But it's like
4: the arm goes round yeah. head goes up and then they go in for the kiss happened with happened with his sister-in-law
1: Oh my fucking God.
3: Do you have anyone like this that you're obsessed with, Matt? Like a specific, that
1: you want to read everything about and know everything about a person? I mean, I've been through periods of lots of different people you know, but not to this extent. This seems quite full on. Yeah. For instance, it feels like you could go a mastermind for Joe Biden. About the Bidens,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, about 15 years ago, so I was probably what, like 13? Yeah. One of my friend's dads called me a fountain of Diana based knowledge because
2: before the <laughs> Bidens, <laughs> before
4: Jane McDonald, before. <laughs> It was Princess Diana.
1: I mean, where are they? So it went Princess Diana to Jane, Jane McDonald, McDonald to the Bidens, oh, probably
4: with a Segway to the Nolans as well.
1: <laughs> oh my! Look, I mean, it's fucking brilliant. That's what I love
3: that. Like, do you think like somewhere like Jane McDonald to a lot of people is just like the Bidens and Diana? But like, what? <laughs> what? A, what an eclectic mix. Yeah, I'd probably rename this
4: confession. Jill and Joe Biden potentially, but also I think the broader umbrella that comes under is me being an unofficial biographer for many random (laughs) famous people (laughs) and just being like the most curious person. As soon as I find something I want to know about, I have to know all of it.
1: Really, right.
4: And people say like, oh, I've dipped in and out of that TV series or I've missed a few episodes of that podcast or whatever. Like, that's not me. You're
3: all or nothing. You are all in. Yeah. Yeah, I think, look, I'm very similar to this. So as soon as I like something, I have to Consume so much about it that I almost ruin it. Right, okay. Yeah. So, like, if I kind of click into a band that I really like, I'm like, right, I need to know when you were founded, where you're all born, when you're birthed. Like, yeah. I, when I was younger with that, with bands. But even now, if I'm enjoying a movie, I can't not go and read everything I can find about it or listen to every podcast yeah. about the making of that movie. Like, if I really like it, I, I need to know everything about it.
1: I'm very similar to this. I totally, totally get this. Yeah. Right. How do you feel about this, Matt? Well, I'm not really like that. I'm quite happy to go, oh, that's cool. You know, and kind of move
4: on. Because you're not committed to anything.
1: I'm not, exactly, (laughs) Amy. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm too blase. You know, but like, there was a period in my life, like, for instance, like, Tom DeLonge from Blink One Eight Two, oh. I knew fucking everything about that man. Yeah. You know. So there's been periods in my life, same as Billy Joe from Green Day, I found out everything I possibly could. He was forty nine in February. Was he really? Yeah, he was forty nine in February. There you go. Little. That's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, see I should have known that. But you know, so I have had periods of my life like that. But I think now I'm just like, um, me. Oh, you're just too apathetic.
2: <laughs> See, I think as well,
4: like, I love an anecdote. And because I have this crazy, I've inherited it from my dad, my memory. So my dad will say things like, oh, yeah, that was the 28th of April 1978 because it was a Tuesday because Brighton had lost 2-1 to Millwall on the Monday. <laughs>
1: oh right, wow.
4: And I've, like, inherited that less about sort of dates and stuff but more about just information. So I've always got an anecdote. So there's never an awkward silence because I'm a like... did you know that Princess Diana looked out over the mall, all the people queuing for her wedding, and was like, I'm not sure I actually want to do this. And her sister was like, it's too late. Your face is on all the tea towels.
3: (laughs) (laughs) True story. So what her sister said.
4: Your face is on the tea towels now.
3: Absolutely brilliant. That's so funny. Look, I'm going to say, with this, I'm totally into this. I love knowing everything about stuff. And I like being a
1: fountain of useless information. Yeah. So I think this is good, bad. What about you, Matt? I love it. I wish I was a bit more like it. I just can't be asked. Like, for instance, when we're watching something, my wife will be on Wikipedia reading about the person we're yep. watching about. Like, whilst we're doing it, I'm like, what are you doing? You know, I find that very distracting. But I do enjoy, then, the knowledge that comes with that. Yes, I think this is good-bad. I like it. Oh, good. OK, thank you. There we go. Good start. Yeah. side well. Okay, Amy, can we have your next confession, please?
4: So my next confession is I am the world's best online detective and I get so much joy from it, but to the point where sometimes I don't sleep. For example, the other day, someone made a fake account from the theatre industry to send me a message to tell me that I was out of order because I haven't worked for anything I've got, yada, yada, yada. But because I argued with them for two hours because I'd been drunk <laughs> when they messaged me, <laughs> they
2: yeah, let
4: loads of tiny little bits of information slip.
2: Yeah. So
4: then the next night when I was sober... I stayed up till three o'clock in the morning, getting the list of who it possibly could be, narrowing it down, narrowing it down, narrowing... And I worked out who it is. And I can't do anything with that information. And I didn't sleep for a whole night, but now I know. And my absolute favourite story is, I used to work with a girl who had a dating blog. Yeah, And she put a blog up and she put it up live at 8.30 in the morning and I just landed for a long haul and I was in my car and I went on my phone and she'd post it so I read it and in it she talked about the fact that she'd slept with a first officer and she put but I'm not going to say who the first officer was at 8.37 I text her the name of the first officer ha. because she sort of hinted as to what trip it was so I went back through her Facebook to find <laughs> the pictures of this trip and work out who it was and she was like how have you done that and she's still to this day if she needs anything she texts me and she's like I need you to find this out um, Oh my I think God, it's amazing. just I'm petty and nosy mixed into one
1: Yeah, yeah again like okay. all these
4: Confessions. I feel like it's an umbrella of just an awful character trait that I have.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that you're just super nosy, basically.
4: Yeah. <laughs> and I don't like anyone being like, no, I'm not going to tell you. I'm like, yeah, you don't tell me, but I'm going to find yeah.
2: out.
3: <laughs> you don't have to tell me. Look, don't tell me. I like the challenge.
4: It's like once we were at Vegas Airport and my friend had met this guy in Vegas and she was going to marry him and she'd met this guy and he was the love of her life. We were delayed five hours at Vegas Airport and during that five hours, I was. We, he said he didn't have social media and I was like, no. That's a lie. He's definitely found it. He had social media. Married. And also a fiancé. Yeah.
1: Yeah. (gasps) Anyone that says they don't have social media is a scumbag. Yeah, I think that is probably true, isn't it? Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com people today.
0: How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment.
2: you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com/slash host. Yeah. yeah. I'm now just going
3: to
1: come to you whenever I've got a question about anything. Oh, yeah. yeah. You should become like a private investigator. Yeah
4: literally I think
1: that's maybe your calling
4: I couldn't do the stuff like where they go through the rubbish bin and stuff though no well you'd have
1: someone else for that yeah 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 you'd employ someone for that Mike
4: Rinder who he had a private investigator set on him after he spoke out against Scientology so what he used to do was he used to write fake notes about people within the organisation that he hated saying they'd called him about leaving and then he'd Wrap it up in his dog poo and then put it in the rubbish. So that the person that came to look for <laughs> the rubbish had to like scrape dog shit off of this note. Uh. And then the person who was written down would have like an auditing session. Oh my to God, be like, Amazing. So why, why have you called Mike Rinder? Why have you called Mike Rinder when they hadn't?
3: Oh, brilliant. I love this. Do you ever do things online where I will quite often, like I'll see that someone's, say someone's been like slightly problematic, said something weird and everyone's like starting to drag up all of this stuff they've done in the past. Like for example, at the moment, there's a guy who had shrimps in his cinnamon toast crunch and everyone's like, well, there's this from 20 years ago that he did that was really bad. And like, I am always in awe about about how people can piece all of that together from someone's life. And I will go on, say, Twitter and I'll go, okay, so they're talking to that person and try and find where they found it from. I think it's amazing that people... It's a bit like, do you know the documentary Don't Fuck with Cats? You'd have been amazing on that. Yeah. Because you could have found out yeah. anything about that bloke.
4: Oh, my God, I loved it. But so, like, the other night when I was trying to find out who the fake account was, the person who I thought it was, I was going on Twitter and then, like, typing in their Twitter handle into the search bar and then certain phrases that they'd used in the messages and searching <laughs> to see if they'd used them in tweets. What, before. like, slightly
3: unusual phrases? Yeah. Oh, my God. Brilliant. That's. <laughs> genius
1: that's fucking amazing oh my god it's really good you've blown my mind the level that you go to is extreme yeah you're so good at this
4: and then so i managed to get it down to about five people and the person who it was had kept talking about my twitter activity so i went through and only one of them followed me on twitter but on nothing else whereas the others like were my friends on facebook or my like followed me on instagram this person only followed me and i was like it's him so i spoke to some other people and said i've put together this Investigation and (laughs) do you think I'm right? And they were all like, Yeah, I do think you're right. You're like, I was like, I didn't even
3: have to get a cork board. Yeah, with all the string on it going everywhere. Yeah, every that's day. what I was going to do. Yeah, that's what you need. I would love it if you could walk into a room with him one day and just throw a dossier and go, there you go. This is why it's you.
4: I've voiced like, one of my friends and then because I found it so hilarious, obviously forwarded it to everyone thinking that I did it on the spot because that, that's the kind of comedian that I am. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And <laughs> if I get a gag that works, I use it over and over and over again.
3: Yeah, mate, welcome to being Instead a comedian.
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
4: I was like, one day I'm going to walk in. Let's say his name is Joe. It's not. Let's pretend it's Joe Biden. Um, and I'll, I said, one day I'm going to walk into a room and he's going to be there. I will say, Joe, we finally meet in person. <laughs> Not on Instagram. <gasps> my fake. Yeah, actually, no, I mean, need to make it more snappy, actually, don't <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I? <It's
3: wrong now. laughs> but I like it. I love this. I'm sort of slightly in awe of this a little bit. This is an amazing quality. I think, like you say, it doesn't often... Like, what can you do with the information? A bit irrelevant. You've got peace of mind, and that is yes. priceless. And
4: for me, with the like the fake Instagram account one... I suspected a couple of different people, and a couple of them upset me because I know them, so now I know who it is, like it's peace of mind so yeah like, yeah, yeah exactly it's not these people that I do actually like
3: mm. maybe there's a way you can kind of like combine being a public personality and an influencer and uh, all those various things Mm -hmm. and being a private investigator and like really monetize this in the best way possible yeah and I would be very
1: excited to see that I think this is good bad I think it's fantastic I want you to solve a few things for me (laughs) as soon as I get them I'm going to forward them to you okay and just to see how you come around to it I think it's good bad you know what actually I had to change my phone number last year because I was getting all these
3: random calls from people and like texts from people that I didn't know rather than change my phone number I should have just gone I'm having these can you work Out why. Next time, there we go. (laughs) Okay, can we have your next confession, please?
4: Okay, so my next confession is I'm obsessed. With cults and religions, like learning about them. Again, like the first thing, once I want to know about something, I have to know about everything. So if you've got a question about Scientology or anything like that, I can tell you the answer because I'm obsessed with cults.
3: Which is your favourite cult?
4: Scientology. Just because it's so... Like, I know Scientology is allegedly a religion for tax purposes worth a lot of money. (laughs) And it isn't. It's not a religion at all. It's a business. So a lot of the other religions, I understand they are doing it because it's to do with God, especially America's big God-fearing country and stuff. However, Scientology is about there's a spaceship going to eternity and like the higher up the levels you are, i.e. the more money you spend, the better seat you get on the spaceship. Is that
3: actually what it is? Yeah. But do these people actually believe that?
4: You know, like a multi-level marketing company... Where, like, a lot of the newer ones, they don't actually have products. It's just, like, it's like, it's launching soon. Get your team together, recruit all these people. And you're like, well, what are we what are we actually selling? Do you know? But we're just
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. doing
4: this. Like, they do believe it and they're really scared. And it's brainwashing. Like, that, that's what it is. It's brainwashing. And they get, like, young people in because young people are treated. There is no age. Because you have, like, an eternal life. That Your time on Earth is so small. Right, They're, like you know you're right that's your mum now but in your next life they could be your cleaner so they don't encourage like maternal or paternal or sibling bonds because they're like that's your family for while you're here but like you're talking about eternity what so like 12 year olds run like the crash
1: whoa you
4: come out of school when you're like 10 and you work for like your money which isn't a lot and they do stuff like so they when you're in the sea org which is where you sign a billion year contract
3: (laughs) you know what though I've had a few really dodgy agents in the past where I've signed about the same yeah yeah,
4: so basically so you can be like a normal Scientologist so like Leah Remini for example this is how I know it all because my dad read her book Troublemaker which is about her leave from Scientology and her life
3: did she grow up in it
4: she grew up in it her mum joined when they were about nine um, because she met a bloke obviously ah likes um and <laughs> <laughs>
3: we're all the sorry. day sorry sorry um, yeah so yeah, yeah so
4: they grew up in it so she left so she wrote this book and my dad said to me you've got to read this book it's the best one you'll ever read and it is like I 100% agree with that closely followed by Emily Maitlis book not not she's not a cult she's just a great book um and the, um, but yeah so that's the best book I've ever ever read so she was like a normal Scientologist just like a parishioner so she would go and do twelve hour days working on King of Queens she had like a husband and a child but she still had to do a minimum of two and a half hours a day. At the Scientology Centre, studying, like, the books of Scientology, Dianetics, being audited, because you want to go clear. So going clear is where your brain thinks of nothing but Scientology, and that's what you're working towards.
3: Really? I mean, look, Amy, I'm not going to lie. I think you've gone clear. I feel like I'm holding back a bit of a
1: secret here, and um, (gasps) I've got to get off my chest. (laughs) Go on. So, uh, many years ago... (gasps) When I came out of a rehabilitation centre, yeah, I was, shall we say, a little bit lost in the world, yeah, and um, and I was walking down Tottenham Court Road, and I come out of Good Street, I think, yeah, yeah, and I got approached by a guy, that asked me a few simple questions, and I was like, yeah, 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 was, do you want to come with me? I got a little thing, um, and I, and I was in some in front of some shop, and I was like, I was like, yeah, I'll come in, you know, and I walked in there and I held these metal things, yeah. And he tested me and I suddenly realised I was in somewhere called the Church of Scientology. And I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, I didn't know anything about it. And I answered some questions and a little dial moved when I answered the questions. And I was like, wow, what's this? You know, and he said, if you're interested, you know, we think we can help you with some answers and blah, blah, blah. I was like, all right, cool. You know, so before I knew it, the next week I arrived at the doors to a big building in London, which was um, the uh, Scientology building. And I continued to go there for about three and a half weeks every day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Every day. Every single day I went there. I bought different books and different courses, and like I was in.
4: Yeah. They get you the 25 quid, 70 quid, and then it goes yeah, up. Yeah,
1: yeah, 70 pounds. And then the next one was 200 pounds. Yeah. And it was like, it's a then the next one that I didn't get to was much more expensive. But then after a few weeks, I was like, this is fucking bollocks. Yeah.
4: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: there's, there's, there's no
1: but actual thing. I was like, it's what just... fu- what, so what's this
3: based on? Yeah. I was like, there's like, always yeah. something I was else,
1: like, isn't there? There's always like, oh, you need the next I thought thing. it was like fucking Tony Robbins shit. Like yeah. I was going to like fucking come out of it like, cool, you just need to believe in yourself more or something. Yeah. I was like, oh no, I just need to buy some more shit yeah. and then I get some more shit yeah, yeah, and then yeah. I had to buy something else because I'm not ready until I get this one. But I've got, I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. And, then, um, and then I had a big row with the guy because <laughs> um, because, um he, uh, like literally, dude. This is the greatest fucking story you've ever told. So yeah, so about three and a half weeks I was there and then everywhere in the building were these big posters and signs about psychology, right? And how it's like the fucking devil's work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, and I was like, I've just been in multiple rehab centres talking to psychologists who pretty much saved my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, So I had all these arguments and in fact, they don't want to prescribe me anything. They want to get me off of drugs. Yeah. They've they've done the opposite (laughs) to what you're telling me they do. You know, well, it's actually what you'll find, Matt, is that the longer you're with them, the sooner they'll start to prescribe you medication. That's how they get you locked into them for life. I was like, that's exactly what you're fucking doing. Yeah. It was such a weird process and it took me a little while to dawn on it and to go, wait a sec, what the fuck is this? (laughs) And then I thought about it more and I was like, oh, right, because in every kind of weird cult or religion or something weird, Mm -hmm. they're super, super against the one thing that can prove it's bollocks. Yes. You know? yeah, yeah. And to prove Scientology is bollocks is psychology because, yeah. you know, like, proves that yeah. all their fucking techniques are complete yeah. fucking unscientific bullshit. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, I found it fascinating. How interesting that you spent like three weeks as a Scientologist. Yeah, yeah, fully, fully invested, Matt.
4: Did you know there are 40 million Scientologists around the world and, Matt, you are one of them because they count <laughs> every single person who's bought a book, who's done a course. I did two calls- Yeah, well, you're definitely one then. Yeah. They say, like, you know, we have 40 million members around the world. There's not. There's like 20,000 practicing Scientologists (laughs) 40 million people.
1: And loads of idiots like me who got fucking hoodwinked by some guy. Who just kind of (laughs) wandered in. With a fucking fairground trick. Yeah, yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Leah Rehazolta. (laughs) Yeah. Leah Remini reckons that she spent $6 million. (gasps) Oh, my
0: God.
4: In, like, 15 years from when she was an adult. Because, like... When you do something... So what I said before, so you have parishioners, then you have Sea Org, which is people that work for Scientology. Yeah. But they don't want you to have kids if you're in the Sea Org, because it like takes you away from it. So if you're married to someone else in the Sea Org, they'll put you on split shifts every day so that you can't possibly get pregnant. And then if you do get pregnant, you have to have an abortion or you have to leave the Sea Org. Oh, Which my means you have to leave Scientology. Gosh. Which means you become a suppressive person, which means that nobody that in your is in your family can speak to you. They have to disconnect from you.
1: Well funny you say that, right? Because one of the courses I was doing mm. was um they were trying to get to something and I was like, What what are you fucking getting at here? And like um they were trying to kind of like because uh, occasionally I'd work with one-to-one with another person. Yeah. And they were trying to get like there's someone in your life who's actually draining you, who's like a negative force, and it's normally the person closest to you that's you find that I was like, I think they're trying to split my fucking marriage up now. Yeah. You know, they were trying to kind of force this weird opinion on me. It's a very, very yeah. weird place. So yeah. please, if anyone's listening and thinking about checking it out, yeah. I would have Advise against.
3: Don't, mate. That's yeah, fair enough.
1: Yeah. Look, I mean,
3: being obsessed with cults, I think we've learnt here that all of us are obsessed with Scientology.
1: One of us, absolutely phenomenal uh, piece of information about you, Matt Willis, yeah. that you kind of like dipped your toe in. Do you know what? I'm going to be brutally honest as well. I only chucked Dianetics away about two years ago. It was on my bookshelf. Really,
4: Elron Hubbard. Yeah, yeah.
1: And I was, I was, I was, I'm going to fucking have read. You, that have one you read day. it? I'm going to fucking read that one day. Did you read no, it? No, it's bollocks. I tried to. I have read about four pages. Now like, this is. Fucking rubbish. Have you read it, Amy? <laughs>
4: no, I just I just like the TV programs and the podcasts and the books. <laughs> but like, I, because I, mean, I always say, because I don't have any religion at all. Like my grandparents tried to get me in the Salvation yeah. Army when I was younger, signed a piece of paper when I was eight so that I'd never drink alcohol. I mean, that didn't really work.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
4: and so because I'm like a blank canvas, I can enjoy learning about religion yeah. and not, yeah, and not be affected. Yeah. Whereas like, I suppose if you are like, like really into one religion you can't really learn about the other ones because they sort of contradict what you believe whereas because I'm a blank canvas I can learn about all of them but I need to start like um like sort of sort of rushing like I don't know explaining myself better because for example the other um weeks ago Curtis from Love Island texts me and I text him back and I said oh yeah um I was up really late last night because I was seeing a podcast about Scientology and he texts back I didn't know you were a Scientologist I was like I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm no, not no 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 <laughs> <laughs>
2: and then, and then when, when the other
4: podcast I did put a TikTok up about the fact that I'd been on to talk to them about Scientology there was like 50 comments on there I didn't know Amy Hart was a Scientologist I'm like I'm not I'm not i oh My not. God, you're
1: one Please, of the members no, now stop, as well I know, stop, exactly. you're one of the 40 million look I
3: love that this is divulged into a conversation about cults like it's so what I like about this podcast yeah, often is we get to talk about things that that we would never have talked about before yeah. I'm fascinated by things like Scientology by cults by anything like that in our house we don't have any religion but Sam is doing a degree in religion at the moment and part time just because like it's so interesting oh my
0: God, I'm uh, doing
3: it yeah
1: all. fuck that is so interesting yeah, yeah, yeah. so she's it?
3: like at the moment like it's all about you know the Hare Krishna uh, that kind of side of Hinduism and all that and she tells me about it and it is fascinating all oh, this is fascinating
1: I think this is good bad yeah I think this is really good bad like I've gone down the rabbit hole on quite a few religions to kind of go what's this about what's this about yeah
3: mate you didn't go down the rabbit hole
1: you accidentally joined scientology for a bit (laughs) by accident i realized i was very close to dressing like them really you know like um because i was suddenly very aware i was very underdressed when i was going there i was like i might think you need to put a shirt and tie on but i stopped at that point but yeah i think this is good bad very good bad
3: with our guests every week this series what we do is we get listener confessions and we discuss them with you. And you get to say if they're good, bad, or bad, bad. So we've got some of these, and we've got a couple, and we're just going to talk about them. So, Matt, do you want to go first? Okay, I have one
1: for you here, Anne. Okay. So this has come in. I'm vegetarian. Okay. But I do eat chicken skin. I don't tell anyone, but I'd never tell anyone. But I love it.
4: Okay. I used to class myself as a sober vegetarian. <laughs> a sober <laughs> vegetarian when I was sober. And then I'd go out and get pissed and eat chicken nuggets.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot of
4: those.
1: <laughs> that's such a go-to for a vegetarian destroyer, isn't it? A fucking McDonald's chicken nugget. Yeah. Or a bacon sandwich of the two. But
4: how much chicken's really in it? Yeah, that's <laughs> exactly. a fair point, isn't exactly. it? And you're eating a McDonald's chicken plate. nugget. Yeah. How much chicken is actually in it?
1: That's how you warrant it. Love it.
4: The chicken skin. Okay, so I'm going to give two answers for this. If you're eating the chicken skin that someone else in your family has discarded from their chicken that's going to go in the bin anyway, that's all right.
3: Yeah, fine. Right? Mm. If
4: you're buying and roasting a whole chicken to eat the chicken skin and throwing the chicken away, that is wasteful. You're a bad person.
3: Yeah, I I agree. Also, because you know how, you know, like you were just saying about chicken nuggets. I'm not a vegetarian. However... I think chicken skin is the one thing that if I was a vegetarian, I would miss the most. I like a crispy chicken skin. Really? I don't eat pork, particularly like I don't really like pork. So like bacon has never been like a big, oh my God, the bacon sandwich. Chicken skin, oh, I totally understand why you'd have that. And also, like you say, it's a kind of a byproduct that isn't going into a lot of the things. So it's going to be wasted or thrown away if people don't like it. You might as well just eat it.
4: I mean, I will admit, I'm not a vegetarian anymore, but um, when I was veggie for a little bit, I'd go into KFC and get like the KFC vegan burger and put that on my Instagram story but leave out the chicken barbecue bites that I'd also bought and the uh, <laughs> barbecue beans <laughs> and the
1: gravy
3: that are all definitely not
4: vegetarian.
3: Look, I, so basically you get this, it's like public facing being vegetarian. Yeah. It is, definitely. A PR vegetarian. <laughs> oh, it's like, even when like you did veganuary, my, Sam did veganuary and she was like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm doing veganuary. I was like, every bit of fucking meat I ate, she had a bit of though. Really?
1: Right. Yeah, yeah there we go. You know,
3: but on Instagram, she's like, oh, oh, my God, look at these ready meals. They're so great.
1: And I was like, you're having a fucking burger. You've had half my burger. Who needs meat when you've got these aubergine ready meals? You! It's always when someone's drunk as well that they buckle from the vegetarianism. Oh, yeah. My brother was a vegetarian when I was a kid like him. He suddenly declared it one Sunday and he wasn't going to eat the roast dinner and we had to buy him this fucking horrible nut roast every week. It was horrendous. (laughs) But then one day he came down after being out completely fucking smashed and walked downstairs and there was bacon being cooked and he bailed. But after like seven years. Really? Seven years. Wow. I did it for a month. My mate dared me, because I'm a big meat eater. Yeah. And he was like, You can fucking do it for a week. I was like, I'll do it for a month. Peace, piss. Did you manage? Yeah, did it. Then, as soon as I finished, I was like, all right, give me the bacon. Look, everyone's got their weak spot with this kind of stuff, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah.
3: If the majority of the time this person isn't eating meat, they just have a bit of chicken skin every now and then. Yeah. I think this is good, bad. I don't
1: think it's that terrible. Yeah, Yeah, just eat the chicken, babe. Go for it. (laughs) You know, my wife, right, when she has chicken, she takes the skin off and it insults me. Like, I hate it, especially when I've cooked it, right? And I'm like, that's the best bit. (sighs) Yeah.
3: Who knew this podcast would be the downfall of any respect I had for Emma Willis? Like, come on, Emma, eat the fucking chicken skin. I know she peels it off. You know that's. I just sorry. I can't. That's it. I've unsubscribed yeah. from that. What do you think, Amy? Good, bad, or bad, bad?
4: Oh, like I said, oh, I don't know. But let's just say good, bad. I think it's good, bad. <laughs> you Live a little, haven't you? You've to live a little sometimes.
3: You Absolutely. Have, man. Go for gold. Look, we've come to the end of it now. Thank you very much. But you've sort of walked this. It's been good, bad all the way, which is an unusual feat yeah. to achieve. Mm-hmm. You've completed the game. But
4: then is it just kind of quite boring?
3: No, not whatsoever. No, 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 not at all. There's a couple of them as well. When you started, I thought. Mm, and then you've taught me round so you've really been absolved of these I think they're all great yeah. if people listening want to find you anywhere where can they find you so
4: I'm Amy Hart 0 on Instagram Amy amyheart1707 on Twitter but yeah I'm on YouTube as well but yeah just come find me come join in the weirdness like literally I'm not really anything I'm not a beauty one I'm not a fashion one I'm just a weird one
3: love it worth a follow absolutely Amy thank you that was wicked mate thank you so much that was such a pleasure
4: thank you thank you for having me
3: So there we go, that was Amy Hart Yes, Amy Hart You admitted to something quite major in that podcast I did, yeah In your Scientology
1: flirtation, shall we call it I dipped my wick, shall we say (laughs) I, uh, <laughs> fair enough mate I didn't stay too long no fair enough it was a moment in my life shall we say that I forget about do you know what like there's certain things you're like oh yeah I did that you know like um, yeah I yeah yeah, those, yeah but like loads of them happen to me all the time I'm like oh yeah there's a lot of your life you don't remember so that's quite a good thing that you remember that thing literally years Matt years and years if people
3: want to hear more about that we actually talk a bit about your Scientology dalliance on our Patreon this week we do a special podcast if you're in the top tier Total Wrongins, once a month it's called Total Wrongens, and we talk about your Scientology time in that this week, and it's absolutely fascinating. I'm really chuffed you shared it because for me, I'm really into all that stuff. So it's well worth getting on our Patreon to listen to that. That
1: was such a weird time. It's such a weird thing to have done.
3: So if you want to listen to any extra chat about that on the Total Wrongins podcast, head to patreon.com forward slash WNOW. As a little treat, here is a clip from this month's Total Wrongens podcast. Welcome to Turtle Wrongens. Oh, hi, everyone. Hi. The extra podcast you get exclusively on Patreon. The whole point of this spin-off podcast is we might look at people from history or like dead celebrities and things and the weird things they're into. Now, I'm going to start first because actually I'm going to ask you about this because it might be something you do as well. I don't know if you've ever heard of Igor Stravinsky, who was a composer. You know, he's a very boundary-pushing Russian composer around, you know, in the 1800s. And basically, every single morning, this is his weird thing he did when no one was watching. He used to do a handstand for up to 20 minutes in order to clean his head and be ready to write down any inspiration that came during it. And the logic of this was it increases the blood flow to your brain. Therefore, it will cultivate creativity and good ideas in music. Wow. So, But for five minutes? No, no, for 20 minutes every morning. 20 minutes every single morning. It's the wait, first wait. thing he'd do when he got up. He'd get up. Get out of bed and do a handstand for twenty minutes. Twenty
1: minutes is a fucking long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But also,
3: like I, when I read this one, I didn't think it was like you know particularly astounding or weird. However, I find it really interesting when people who are artists have an unusual process mm. to come up with stuff. And I was wondering, have you ever had anything that is weird and a bit unusual to
1: try and get those juices flowing? Have I ever had anything weird and unusual like this? No. I mean, booze used to be really good. Yeah? Did it work, though? Like, in the early days of Busted, like, that was kind of, like, the thing. Like, when we wrote the first album, me and James were like, go and get, like, eight cans of Fosters each. And James never drank. So, like, James would have, like, one can, two cans. And I'd just get a little bit smashed and start writing fucking stupid shit. And that stupid shit would become, you know, what I got to school for, a Year 3000 or whatever. Things that define your life 20 years later. Exactly. Like, Year 3000 was a fucking B-side that we wrote when we were drunk after coming back from Tots 2000, which was the local nightclub in Southend. <laughs> and we came back from there after drinking pound a fucking pint night where you'd buy, like, a pint and get a free aftershock thing. Oh, my we got God. We smashed. And we came back there. And, like, I think I was really badly sick on the way home. <laughs> we came back and we'd watched Back to the Future and we were watching it and we were like uh, and James's neighbour was called Peter you know and it's just kind of like one day when I came out, you know it's like it was like drunken stupidity and the next day we were singing it again we're like oh that's quite good you know so we finished it off and then um, you know never in a million years did I think it would ever get used let alone become the defining song of Busted my only thing that will be left behind from my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad legacy, yeah. mate. If
3: you could, it's, it's not,
1: but it's it was so. Fun. it was when we were fucking pissed after drinking fucking too much after But then, um, I, I, have we got any of those? No, not really. You know, I've worked with some people who have very weird ways of writing lyrics. Like I find lyric writing really interesting because people yeah. always have their own little styles and ways of doing it. Right. You know, normally we kind of start going la 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 la, a feeling a feeling. You know, yeah. like you start singing something, and something sounds good, and then you write it around that or you've got a concept already an idea that you kind of base it around yeah people have really fucking funny ways of doing that do they yeah but not standing on your head for 20 minutes that's a new one for me
3: okay there you go that was a clip from Total Wrongens, which is our special spin-off podcast available only on Patreon if you like the sound of that go and check it out in the meantime keep listening to this and like, subscribe tell your friends and we'll see you next week
1: peace out